motion sound like. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hey everybody, welcome to the True Crime Squad. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, co-host, and partner in all things crime, Katie Weaver. Hey Katie. Hello. Hello, how's it going? Uh, it's going. What an interesting day. Right? We almost got what we wanted, and then we didn't. <laughs> Close. We're just needing Tammy's autopsy. We can't wait for Tammy's actual autopsy, but we did get more information today. So, We did, welcome. and we made a couple of interesting revelations, too. Yes. Guys, yes. the coroner, Brenda Dye, she's our cousin. Our cousin, you guys... I didn't realize she, I knew she was an EMT up there, but I didn't realize she was the coroner. No. Yeah. That's what it's like to be from here. You know, mm-hmm. you either know someone or you're related to them or probably both. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. not. I don't know. Well, and but, also yeah. the, uh, the uh, dispatcher that they had uh, that introduced the, the 911 call, Helena Kayakamanu. Mm-hmm. We went to high school with her. I our kids, <laughs> Helena's kids and my kids have been very good friends growing up. Helena's an incredible person. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I was. What a day. I heard some very familiar voices and faces on the stand today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So sorry we didn't schedule this in advance. I don't know. Y'all know I missed last night. I haven't been feeling very well. And we were trying to make sure we had uh, the uh, 911 call ready for you because uh, if you want to learn something about what happened to Tammy, all you got to do is listen to that 911 call. And we will be mm-hmm. sharing that with you. Um, shortly, but welcome, welcome. We're so glad to have you all here. Of course, this is our uh, Valo Trial update show that has become a nightly event during the week. I know. Do you guys miss us on the weekends? <laughs> Probably not. They're like, we're having fun on the weekends. We don't need to. We don't need to talk about this every we're day. We're forgetting the Valo case ever happened on the weekends. I hope you are. I, I'm trying to. I'm trying literally to like. I'm trying to not look at anything, read anything. Like I'm trying to give myself a break. I'm looking at other crime. I mean, you know. Yes. I, I know a lot of stuff is going by as we're. Yeah. That we'll back to some of it, obviously. It's not like crime is not going to be around when this trial's over. Not at all. Yeah. Yes. No yes. kidding. We have. I have nothing fun planned this weekend. I realized I really I need either. to up my game. I got nothing going. I'm not feeling great. And we need yeah. to buy groceries, so that's probably it for us. So, oh, yeah. us too. You know, we've traveled so much lately, and mm-hmm. oh yeah, honestly, stuff that I have put together for meals this week is just so laughable. And I should just DoorDash something; it's insane. But uh, but anyway, we've made it. <laughs> Every day, I'm like, we really <laughs> need to go buy groceries, but we've just been so busy. But yeah, that's that's. For me this weekend too. Boom. Oh, the list, huh? Yeah. yeah. Well, um, let's jump into it. Right? The best COVID gift ever was grocery pickup or delivery. Yes, it, it is so true. 
It's absolutely And just true. delivery in general, you know, we didn't actually have like DoorDash or food delivery apps for very long prior to the um no the pandemic. That was actually quite new here, other than like pizza delivery. Sure. Um, so really, now really you can order uh, nice. You can order anything now. Yeah. I know. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. No kidding. All right. Well, let's jump into it because today was an interesting day. So yeah. we started court this morning with uh, Samantha Gwilliam, who is Tammy Daybell's sister, back on the stand. Mm -hmm. uh, just for reference for family, people in the courtroom today were Samantha and her husband, Jason. Uh, the Woodcocks were there. Apparently, in Boise, there were a lot of new spectators that hadn't been there before. Interesting. There are people coming from other states. Oh, yeah. To be in the courtroom in Boise, which is interesting to me. Even in Rexburg. Really? There was, yeah, there was a lady there from New Mexico this week. There was a lady from Montana. Yeah. But but here's the thing that's kind of under my skin. Mm. And maybe I'm wrong. And, and if mm -hmm. I'm wrong, I hope I'm wrong. Um, I feel like because it's gotten gory, people are coming. Ugh. That's gross. I hope not. I know. I hope I'm wrong, but that was kind yeah, of because right. Rexburg was packed on uh, Thursday and it hadn't been until Wednesday was a very graphic day. And then Thursday, there were a ton of people in there that I've never seen before. And I was like, are you, they here for the gore? Because then once we did Tylee's Bones in the morning and then by afternoon, uh, we had moved on to other stuff. Most of them left. I believe it's true. I Again, I hope I'm wrong, but that's my observation. Right. Gross. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Cammy says probably the truth. Rubbernecked. I know. It's weird to me. Like. Gross. Yeah. I don't get that part of it at all. Like I, I want to be there and witness those parts, but not for like entertainment purposes. It's weird. Mm -hmm. there, there's a little of that going on in both courtrooms. Mm -hmm. And I, it's, it's kind of troubling. I think. I, I think we still have to remember these, these were real people who were killed. Like this is actual murder. You know, this is serious shit. You know, Lori is charged with crimes that will put her away for the rest of her life. You know, and Chad as well. And there are so many dead people. Yeah. Uh, Wink wants to know why Alex was pickaxing Tylee's pelvis. He wasn't. Chad was. Chad was. Yeah, we're pretty sure Chad was because Alex was there for such a short amount of time that we think the dismemberment was actually done by Chad. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We okay. are... Yeah, just judging by the uh, the timeline, it's not possible that that mm -hmm. was. We always thought it was Alex, though, didn't we? we all yeah, well, Alex. that's because that's what it seemed like. Everybody, you know, that's where it was all going to swing with Chad and Lori was they were going to blame Alex. But it turns out maybe he wasn't as I mean, I'm not saying he didn't kill those kids. No. But when it comes to the burials and stuff like that, I'm not sure that he was actually involved in that that much. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's get going. Um so, uh, just lots of questions um, relating to the daybells. Let's see. Oh, there was a tech issue at the courthouse again. There's always a freaking tech issue. 
Um, say this. Uh, Jerry said, I wish someone would pickaxe Chad or Gary. <laughs> sorry. I agreed. Yes, me too. Agreed. Yeah. Yes. So we didn't start with Samantha William. I'm sorry. We started with Dr. Christensen was back in uh, talking with prosecutor Rachel Smith about Kylie's pelvis and what the hell. Right? No. We no. started with, you're on the wrong. Am I on the wrong day? Yeah. What am I doing? You guys, we all know. I haven't felt well. Remember? The 18th. <laughs> or 18th well, I'm, day. I'm like the 8th. Yeah, this. Oh no, we did start with Samantha. We did I start Samantha. I, like, Samantha. I know we did. Stand. I followed this whole Twitter feed. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's Friday. Yes, it is. And we start with Tammy Tapel's sister, Samantha yeah. William. She's back on the stand. Uh, Lindsay Blake was uh, questioning her. So they put a big um, photo of Tammy up on the screen, which I really appreciated because I think it's yeah. important for everyone to remember that Tammy was a real person. And, and there's a lot of attention on the kids' deaths because they were children. But Tammy was a mother and a grandmother and a teacher, and she had her own life, you know, that was mm -hmm. taken from her. Oh, my goodness. Taking all of these classes, she had a lot of friends. I mean, Tammy She was did. Yeah. She was very a active. Wonderful person. Yeah. yeah. So she and Samantha were the only two girls in their family. And when they lived near each other, they saw each other every day. They were very close. And, um, you know, she talks about when Ta Chad and Tammy moved to Rexburg, which Tammy did not want to do. Uh -huh. And Chad did. And she didn't want to leave her family. Yeah. But after they moved here out in Salem, um, she found a job in the school system as a school librarian. Tammy was really talented with computers and she helped uh, one of the schools set up a new computer lab. Uh -huh. uh, Samantha talked about how Tammy had had some problems with depression a few uh -huh. years before she had passed. Uh -huh. um, but Samantha saw her two weeks before she died. Cause we know that, you know, Chad sent her to visit her family in Utah yeah. And that Tammy at that time looked very healthy. She didn't seem like she was ill. Um, she was in really good spirits. And yeah. she also had never mentioned that she'd been sick or had been feeling sick. Because that's really important. Because Chad's got this whole narrative that, oh, she's been sick for a month and blah, blah, blah. It's, mm -hmm. it's bullshit. Absolutely no one else in her life has said that. Mm -hmm. So Tammy died on a Saturday and her funeral was the following Tuesday. In another state. Yeah. So there was no funeral for her locally for the people who knew her in her community, which that was weird. And people had lots of questions about that. But then the family in Springville also was like, uh, this is really fast. Like some family couldn't even get there. Yeah. Well, and wanted to know, why are we doing this here? Don't you want to bury her closer to you and the kids? Right. And he said that he thought it would be better if she was down there in Springville, Utah, because it's really cold in Rexburg. And so they wouldn't get to visit her as much. I mean, what a dumbass answer that is. It's such a dumbass answer. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, Samantha said some family didn't even get to come to Tammy's funeral because it happened so fast. They couldn't yeah. get there. Um, she also talked about how the summer before Tammy died, Chad seemed different. He was distant uh -huh. and that they weren't really sure what was going on, but he seemed off. Uh -huh. um, 
Samantha learned that Chad had remarried about a month. Well, you know, had about a month after Tammy's passing. Yeah. And what she said in court is you don't get married four weeks after you buried your wife of almost 30 years. You just don't do that. Right? Yeah. Normal people would not do that. Right. Um, she said when they found out that they were devastated. Yeah. Um, she found out that the new wife's name was Lori Ryan. Because Lori, you know, conveniently uses all of her last names mm-hmm. whenever it whenever it see, you know, meets her agenda. And was told that her previous husband had had a heart attack and that they were both grieving because they'd lost spouses, right? That was one of the stories that he had told his kids, too, that, yeah, you know, after Tammy died, he just went to Hawaii to clear his head and do a book thing and happened to meet this sweet little widower and or widow and they just hooked up immediately. It just was love at first sight kind of yeah. thing. So gross. Such a lie. And it's so transparent. Like, come on. Right. So Samantha was suspicious. Mm-hmm. Samantha's a damn good sister. Yes. Loved so, her. Yes. Loved her. So she went to the Googles and started Googling Lori's name, trying to figure out what the hell is this. And then she comes upon, guess what, a news story about Charles Vallow's death and realizes that her husband didn't die of a heart attack. Her husband was killed by her brother. Yeah. She actually found an obituary for Charles and saw a comment that Kay Woodcock had left that said, we will take care of JJ. So then she starts to realize there were children involved. And so Samantha did some confronting of old Chad, which I think was good. Wanted to know about this person. And Chad said that Lori had had a hard life. And that they were trying to stay away from the stigma of what had happened to her. Are you yeah. kidding me right now? Okay, Jan, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So then she asked if Lori had kids and he said, no, there's no children. Um, and they were going to be empty nesters because yes. Chad's kids were all adults. When Tammy died, there was one living at home and one on a Mormon mission, um, but Africa. they were all. Ad- what? In Africa. Yeah. In Africa of all freaking places. A long ways from home, this boy. Yeah. For his dad to be pulling this shit and murdering his mom. Oh my God, that poor kid. I just, ugh. Um, so then, uh, oh, that that's where they, uh, Blake had no further questions. So there was some cross-examination from Archibald. He wanted to know who wrote Tammy's obituary. Samantha wrote it. Uh, she said she got some information from Chad, um, but she and her parents had done that. Uh, the obituary says that Tammy died peacefully in her sleep. And Archibald wanted to know where that information came from. She said, well, it came from Chad. That's what he said. <laughs> this was a lot about making sure all the blame landed on Chad from Archibald, obviously. Yeah. Uh, wanting to know if Chad had a full-time job. Was asking about the Spring Creek Book Company. Um, and you I know, didn't know Spring Creek went bankrupt. Did you? I didn't either. I knew that it had kind of gone under, but I didn't realize it was bankrupt. 
there was what they called a distribution issue, which is Deseret Books sent back a bunch of books that had been printed that were not selling. So in other words, no one was buying his damn books. And so they had to refund a bunch of money because bookstores buy books based on contracts that allow for you to send those books back at, uh, upon a certain date and those books have to be refunded. I also think that some of Spring Creek's books got pulled uh, because the church disavowed them. I think that is true because they were be, being sent, being sold in Deseret Book. And if they were, and that's a Mormon owned book chain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, he was getting real far afield as far as mm-hmm. Mormon doctrine was concerned. Mm-hmm. I believe not his books, but some of the other people he was publishing actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Julie Rowe was one of them. I if think my memory right serves, that. don't quote me that I think that's right. But uh, mm-hmm. the church was like, yeah, we don't. Uh, you guys got to quit listening to her. I'm reading her stuff. Yeah. And yeah. so I wondered if that was a part of that or, or others. But yeah. So apparently all Chad did was the books and worked at the cemetery. Occasionally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And other than that, Tammy was the breadwinner in this household. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Samantha said that they lived in Rexburg for three or four years before Tammy died. And that it was a lot harder to stay in touch after they moved to Rexburg. Yeah. Um, Then Archibald, you know, Archibald's always wanting to go back to Chad as the origin of all the wackadoodle beliefs. Mm -hmm. So he was asking about Chad's near-death experiences because he's reported those in his books. There are people who knew him at the time that those things supposedly occurred that say that none of those things actually happened. Mm -hmm. Um, But she did know about the things that he he had talked about. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, apparently Archibald wanted to know if he'd made any money off his near death experiences, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, but they're in his books, obviously. Tammy didn't, or, or, uh, Samantha didn't really know how much he actually made from his books. Um, but he was, you know, using his spiritual experiences or so-called to write his books and and speak at conferences and stuff. And that was supposedly making him money. Although I would be very interested to know how much actually he made. Cause I bet it's not that much. I'll bet that's true. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of money in books truly. And they had no. a very narrow uh, audience there. As very well. much so. Yeah. And really, unless you're like Michelle Obama or Oprah, there's not money in books. Um, Samantha said that Tammy helped Chad write the books. We've heard that before that she assisted him quite a lot. Uh, she did the graphic design of the books. She did the covers. Tammy, Tammy did. I think she did the formatting and all of that kind of stuff too. There'd I'll been talk before that, uh, and the editing. I mm-hmm. actually feel like she was very involved in Chad's stuff. He basically mm-hmm. just wrote drivel and she cleaned it up as well as she could. Yeah. I, I think that that seems correct because, well, we're not talking also, about high quality literature here. They had also co-wrote a couple of uh, like primary books, books, uh, basically like little workbooks for helping to teach kids principles of the Mormon church. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. So Samantha, as far as she understood that Chad's books were fictional and were advertised as fiction, some of them weren't, but that a lot of them were. 
And Archibald wanted to know if he, she had ever heard Chad say anything about how everything he's written is true, that these books aren't fiction. Because we've heard that he's told other people that. She didn't know that. Yeah. She said she'd read um, some of his books. I thought this was funny. <laughs> she's an avid reader, but she's a teacher and she didn't really have time to read all of them. <laughs> <laughs> or she's a teacher and she uh, couldn't put herself through any more of this. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She said that she didn't know if Tammy believed if everything that he'd written was true. Um, they talked a little bit about the son on a mission in Africa, and then there was another son living at home, but that all of her kids were adults when she died. Then they talked about Chad being a, a cemetery sexton and yes. what that means, which is a sexton oversees everything at the cemetery. So they kind of oversee the upkeep and like the burials and like all the plots, keeping track of the plots and who owns what and you know, helping people when they were, it's time to do a burial. Mm -hmm. And, um, but he never worked as a sexton in Idaho. He only did that in Utah. Yeah. Um, so in June of 2019 and, you know, 2019 was just quite a year for everyone in this yeah. whole situation. Yeah. Uh, they went to stay with Samantha and her husband because it was, um, Chad's mom's birthday. And so that was, they, that was kind of the last time she spent a lot of time with her until the time she died, the two weeks before she died. Yeah. But another time they were in town for a, it was a movie premiere for a book that Chad helped write. I wish I knew what book that was, but I don't. Yeah, I'm not and sure. And they either. were in Springville for that, but they had not, Tammy had not told her they were going to be in town. And they just showed up at her door. Well, Tammy showed up at her door to give her a birthday present. And Chad stayed in the car. He didn't even come in. Had in the was, running car and wouldn't get out. Yeah. And was like, that's super weird. Like all of this was not normal behavior. Mm -hmm. She was definitely seeing changes in Chad, but not really changes in Tammy, which I think is important. Yeah. He, uh, Archibald wanted to know if Tammy had ever told her about Chad's dream that um, Tammy was going to die before age 50. Um, yeah. And she did not know about that. She didn't think that mm -hmm. Tammy was preparing to die or anything like that. Yeah. But she, she's had, she just had a, has had a feeling all along that this was wrong, that what happened that what she knew to have happened wasn't what happened, that there was yeah. something more that happened here. She's always thought she would have had to have felt that way. The way he immediately got married and all that crap that went on, you know, how could mm -hmm. he, how could she not question like something's totally off here. Mm -hmm. The way the funeral was handled is so strange and not at all the way a Mormon funeral would normally be handled with no. a grieving spouse not in any way no really strange no I mean, mormon funerals are pretty rote you know they they mm -hmm. they happen a pretty specific way and this did not at all well and so normally because i've been to tammy's grave mm -hmm. in springville and we somewhere very far back in our archives is a video i took a video there mm-hmm 
her headstone is flat on the ground, which normally Mormons with married spouses with kids have these stand-up headstones that have both adults on it. So if when one dies, all their information's there, then the other one's all, it's all etched in there except for their death date. Mm -hmm. And on the back of the headstone is the name of all their children. That's a very, very common way yeah. um, for Mormon headstones to appear. Mm -hmm. Her headstone is flat to the ground and it is a single headstone. It, there is nothing on it about, there's no information for Chad. Like it was no. very clear that there was no intention on Chad's part that he would be buried next to his wife. Mm -hmm. You got to understand Mormons believe in eternal marriage, which means mm -hmm. that they will be married for what they say is time and all eternity. Mm -hmm. So you are buried next to your spouse that you have been married to, you know, that you've been sealed to for time and all eternity. Mm -hmm. And that is not what he did at all. No. I mean, it's so clear that mm -hmm. he had no, that he was done with her. This was a, I'm throwing her away situation. Oh yeah. That when right I there. Saw is that headstone, so I was telling. like, what in the hell? Yeah. Because normally it should have been a, it, you know, like our parents is just like that, mm -hmm. you know, and there's like teacher stuff on mom's side and fishing stuff on dad's side, like carved in kinds of things. Cause that's what you do. And then the children's names are on the back of the headstone. None of that stuff is there. The only thing in the headstone is her represented as a duck with her five little ducks behind her, which were her children, mm -hmm. which she called her kids, her little ducks. And she had ducks too. Mm -hmm. She loved ducks. She yeah. had a little flock of ducks at their house. But there's nothing about her spouse on that headstone. It's so no. weird. So weird. It, it's very weird. It's weird. Her family had to be like, what the hell they had to have is been. going on? Because yeah. that is just not normal. No, it's not what you would have expected at all. Um, I'm going to show you a picture of the headstone. Oh, yeah, do. Because it's... I'm, not, I'm having the hardest time with downloading things lately. Oh. I, I, I guess never mind. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll find it and repost it. I have... I made a video... Yeah, that's in our it's in our um, playlist on YouTube of of the headstone because I happened to be at a softball tournament with my sister and my niece and we were right there. And so I went and made that video. So when this happened. Well, well when this happened, what am I saying? So when Tammy visited her sister, Samantha, right before she died, it was before the supposed paintball, but actual a shooting attempt at Tammy. Yeah. When that happened, Tammy texted her about it and said that some teenager tried to fire a paintball gun at her because that's what she thought happened. Yeah. Um, Samantha never met Lori. No. Um, there was never an opportunity to uh, meet her. Um, she did talk about the, the trip that Chad and Lori and all of Chad's kids took yeah. to Knott's Berry Farm in California. Mm -hmm. Apparently Chad's kids told Samantha about the trip. Yeah. Again, I'm sure Chad's kids were so bewildered by all of this. But they had to have been. They none of this been. was right. No, none of this is what they would have expected if their mother were to die at all. Mm-mm. Um, so then Blake has some follow-up questions for her. Um, she wanted to know if Chad ever talked to her about 
um, how he planned to support himself after Tammy died because she was the main breadwinner. Yeah. Samantha said that she knew there was some life insurance money and that Chad had also said that his new spouse had lots of money. Yeah. Can you believe that? Which, uh, no, she did not. Yeah. Not even true. No. I mean, had planned to have lots of money, but really didn't. No. Also, he would not tell Tammy's parents that he had remarried. Yeah. Remember, they'd been married for nearly 30 years, okay? He would have known his in-laws well. Mm-hmm. He made his daughter call Tammy yeah. and Samantha's mom. It's big to tell them about coward. his marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Such a coward. Uh, let's see. Here's Matt's... Tammy's headstone. Oh, you got it? Yeah, I finally battled the... <laughs> Yeah, battled the computer and won. But yeah, as you can see, it is just this flat. Uh, and it, yeah, I know some cemeteries do uh, only allow flat stones, but that's not the case in this one. No, uh -uh. there. This this grave is right next to a great big tree. It's the kind of grave that I don't know if you guys know this, but like in cemeteries, the the graves that are like right by a tree or right by the road are cheaper. Mm -hmm. because you can't like put your family all around you. Mm -hmm. This is like a discount plot. Yeah. This is a flat headstone and I'm not making fun of who bought the headstone or who designed it at all. It's clear to me that her husband did not use her life insurance money to take yeah. care of that. That is what's clear to me. Mm -hmm. And I know that's true that it was Tammy's family who paid for the headstone mm -hmm. and the plot. Yeah. But it's so weird to me. I wish if I had, thought of it i would have pulled up a picture of our parents headstone so that you could see the difference yeah because i have i don't know katie do you have any you could find on your phone i'm sure i do if yeah. you could just see the difference like it's so night and day of what you would have expected just for them culturally also the fact that he buried her in utah and not where he lives so that he would be near where she was buried because mormons tend to visit graves and take flowers and stuff like that. And I know it's not just Mormons that do that, but that that is definitely a thing that you would have them, this person married where, um, buried where the family could visit. And it's in another state. I don't even know how he got her body transferred from Idaho to Utah that quickly. Because it's a process to transfer a body from one state to another too. It's all so crazy. Right. Yeah, Lori had some money, but Lori did not have lots of money. Right. What did we figure out that she got something like 35K all, all told after Charles died? And uh, that's not really that much money. Uh, Chad had way more money, like what was it, 430,000 in, in, uh, in um, life insurance? Yeah, it was close to $450,000. Yeah. Yeah. So that statement that his wife had lots of money, his new wife, was total bullshit. Okay, so now we go through, oh, and the Woodcocks gave Samantha a big hug on the way out of the courtroom. I think it's cool the way that these families, people who did not even know each other, are now connected and have found some support in one another. Because you really, hit, you really see that in this case, and I think it's good. Because these folks need somebody who can understand what they've been through. So now we get Fremont County um, 
Sheriff's Officer uh, Deputy Coulter Cannon on the stand. And Tanya Rawlings is questioning him. Uh, he was working on October 9th. He was the deputy that went out on the call of what he got was report of a suspicious individual who had pointed a paintball gun at a lady. So he was nearby. He was in Egan, which is only a few minutes away from uh, Daybell's house. So he went there to see what had gone on. And he talked to Joseph Murray, who is Tammy's son-in-law. Um, and then also Tammy. They both called dispatch when this happened. Uh, Cannon said that the description that he received was that the shooter was a man wearing all black with a black ski mask on. And he drove around to see if he could see anybody of that description, didn't see anybody. Um, he went to the door and talked to Tammy, Chad, and their son, Garth. Um, he said Tammy seemed a little nervous, but she wasn't real shaken up. Tammy did not realize that this was an actual attempt on her life. This was a gun with a silencer on it. It looked like a paintball gun to her. Why would she think someone would be standing in her driveway trying to shoot her while she's taking her groceries in from, from her car, you know? Right. There'd be no reason to. Mm -mm. Where, Especially where they live and like, mm -hmm. like that would just, but the idea of an idiot running around with a paintball gun actually is more plausible. It, it is. I especially mean. Especially out in the country, kids, mm -hmm. you know. A I finally have that picture again. for you. Oh, Okay. Okay, so this is this is what you would expect to see. This is our parents' headstone. And you can see, you know, the last name. Each spouse is there. And when our mom died, our dad's stuff was engraved there, except for his death date. And um, their their wedding date, you know, there's the, my dad liked to hunt. There's a, an, a deer, an elk on one side. My mom's uh, was a teacher. So the reading stuff on that side. And then on the back of the headstone are our names. That is a real standard. There we are. There's our names on the back of the headstone. This is a real standard Mormon burial right here. Yeah. Except for that uh, most uh, Mormon couples, their headstone would have a picture of the temple they were married in. Yes. And it would say married for time and all eternity. With yes. Their, their date. I mean, that is just rote. Everyone does that. They do. And our parents actually were married in the temple. Well, they were, they were sealed later when I was, a, when I was one. Uh, but they weren't really practicing Mormons at the time that they died, so they didn't do that part. But other than that, that is the kind of headstone you would expect to see and the way the burial would be, that, they, that there would be two plots next to each other yeah, for these people. So you see the difference? Mm -hmm. When I saw that headstone, I was like, oh, he can't. That says so here. much. Yeah. It does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it that part of it was like, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. And what what her children and her her um, Tammy's family must have thought, yeah, when it ended up like that instead of what you would expect, yeah, crazy. Okay, so all of that just had to be even more heartbreaking, you know, oh, all of it, all of it, all of it. One other picture I wanted to share. This came from Susan Bin. Are you guys familiar with Susan? Susan Bin is this amazing artist that has been gracing court this week for fun, oh, drawing yes. fantastic pictures. So this yeah. is a picture that Susan drew of Samantha on the stand with Tammy uh, up there in her thoughts or that picture on the screen. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that is uh, Susan's rendition of Samantha. And I just thought it was wonderful. She's done some really cool pictures. Oh my goodness. She's amazing. She is really good. Really good. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So um, Deputy Cannon was at the house kind of trying to figure out what was going on. Um, he apparently Tammy asked this person what he wanted. She was just unloading groceries from her car, looks up, he's standing there and he fired two shots at her. What we know is the gun jammed. So he didn't shoot her. She screamed for Chad and then he ran away. Tammy actually initially thought it might be her son because this person had kind of the same build. Mm -hmm. um, Cannon said that Chad and Garth didn't seem upset. Like, I mean, obviously, Chad had to have been upset because he knew what this was and he's still sitting here with an alive wife. But mm -hmm. he's got to play the game like they just think, oh, it was a paintball gun, you know? Mm -hmm. um, Joseph Murray, who was nearby, the, the son-in-law, he was cutting wood at the time, and he heard her scream and called 911. And then Tammy also called. Yeah. Uh, he did go and look for shell casings, never found any shell casings at the time. When the house was searched again in January of 2020, they looked again for shell casings. They never found anything. It's because the gun never actually went off. Yeah. Um, oh, when... Archibald then cross-examined Cannon and he wanted to know if Tammy had any paint on her or if there was any sign of paint from a paintball yeah. gun. Uh, and no, there wasn't. I mean, it was obviously not a paintball gun because it would have shot paintballs. Yeah. Um, he also looked around for shell casings, for bullet holes in the car, none of that. Mm -hmm. And then they release him. So we go through a bunch of... Um, we go through a bunch of people really quick. Mm -hmm. So next deputy Helena Kayakamanu is the next witness. We went yeah. to high school with Helena. Um, she works for the St. Anthony police department um, as a She was a 911 dispatcher. Mm -hmm. Let's see. So she was working on October 9th and she got the two phone calls about the, about this attempted shooting. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, sent the deputy out. These were recorded. They were in evidence. I, I don't think we're going to play those. They're not particularly interesting, really. No. Interesting. I thought it was interesting that Joseph Ryan, or Joseph Ryan, hello, Joseph uh, Murray, her step, mm -hmm. or her son-in-law, heard her scream from across the street and called 911. Yeah, he did. He didn't, even before he knew what was going on, he just called. That really surprised me for some reason, mm -hmm. uh, that he didn't run across the street to see what was up. Right. But uh, he didn't. He called 911. Mm-hmm. He did. So they both called about just a few minutes apart. And... I was also, they... I got to say this, I was surprised Joseph heard her scream. Mm-hmm. Because across the street must have been across Highway 33. Yeah, it would have been. Which is a very busy highway mm -hmm. for, for us. A busy country highway where people go super fast. Right. And I am amazed that he even heard her scream from across mm -hmm. the street like that. She must have really screamed loud. She must have. Yeah. So basically, Kaya Kamano was on the stand to just authenticate those two 911 calls from Tammy and Joseph. Yeah. Then they release her, and we get Christina West, who was also a dispatcher. Yeah. And she took the 911 call on the morning that Tammy's death was reported. 
And so rather than talk about it, we're going to listen to it. So, Katie, I'll give you a chance to play that for us. Yeah. I think we'll play it twice. I, I Yeah, we'll play it twice. I think you guys are going to want to hear this two times to just let it sink in. Mm -hmm. so we're at 202 North, 1900 East. What's going on? Oh, we just found my mom. She's on the ground frozen. Or she's stiff. And I don't know. Are you in Madison County or Fremont County? time so you can just really get a load of those fake tears one more mm -hmm. uh, one more go I think that uh, 
Colby's shovel to the face for Chad right now would be really apt. Yeah, that's... What? That whole thing is so gross and weird. She's clearly it's Chad, dead. the husband. She's clearly dead. I would think that in a normal situation, you'd be begging for the paramedics. Yeah. Something's wrong with my wife. Please get the paramedics here as soon as possible. He never even asks for that. He never even asks for medical. She's clearly dead. Why would you not want someone to come and make sure and try CPR and do all that stuff? Yeah. Unless you knew she was dead and been dead for hours. Frozen. Yeah. In rigor, in other words, had been dead for hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, the fake tears are so gross. But the, the it's me, Chad. It's Chad, the husband, is also very weird. All of it. I hate it. I hate him. I None hate of it all. is what you would expect to hear in a situation like this from someone who this death was a shock. Yeah. He wasn't in shock. No. And the crying is so fake. Oh, the fake crying is so disgusting. He's I want on the What's that? Oh, I, Patricia was just asking, didn't he say she's stiff? First he says she's frozen. Yeah. They both said she's frozen, and then he said she's stiff. Garth did. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we need to hear from Garth. Mm-hmm. I want Garth on the stand right this goddamn minute. Yeah. 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 Right, I right. They were meaning stiff, as in oh, and cold. She was cold. Her body was cold and stiff, like she'd been yeah. dead for hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And there was a big thing with Ar- Archibald wanting to know if he had asked for a coroner, and what he was saying is, the house is on the corner at the blinking yellow light. It's a red house. Yeah. Do you guys want to know about there. that blinking yellow light? Oh God, yeah. When we were in high school, a 15-passenger van full of teenagers, kids, our neighbors, our friends, were headed out to the sand dunes. Chad lives near uh, a really interesting landmark. And it is, it's called the St. Anthony Sand Dunes, but I think we've always just called it the sand dunes. But it's a spot where, because this was an ocean a gazillion years ago. Mm-hmm. And there's still all of these dunes there of sand that are pretty amazing, actually. And people go out there and uh, four-wheel and ride side-by-sides. And in the winter, they snowmobile and sled. And it's turned into an extremely dangerous place. People die there all the time. But uh, at any rate, it used to be a fun place to go when we were kids. Mm-hmm. So when we were in high school, a 15-passenger van full of teenagers loaded up. It was a snow day. We didn't have school that day because there had been so much snow. And they headed out there to go sledding and got in a horrific wreck right there on the corner where Chad's house is. This was long before Chad lived there. Uh, And many of them were killed. It was a really terrible event in our community. And And the ones who lived were horribly injured. Yeah. Yeah. Horribly injured. And the, uh, yeah, it was one family lost two daughters. Yeah. And the other daughter was horrifically injured. Yeah. Um, it, it was just a terrible thing. And apparently there had been so many wrecks right there at that very spot that that's what uh, spurned them on to put the flashing light there. Yeah. So every time I drive through there and see that flashing light, I think about all those kids. Right. I know. That's there. all I think about, too. And I always thought the day that uh, 
you know, we discovered where Chad's house was right by the flashing light. I was just almost in shock. Like that it would be right there, right here. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right. Colleen cursed land. I know it surely feels like it. Right. And yes, sure. Wink, she had lividity. She had been yeah. laying on her back and you're right. She had to have been dead about six hours for that blood to have settled on her yeah. back. She also had bruises on her forearms, you guys. Yep. These are all the things that the EMT, the, the police officer, and the coroner all ignored. Mm -hmm. How the hell had she just fallen out of bed? She'd been dead for hours. Yeah. Oh, Chatty had an answer for that. He did. Yeah. So let's go into some of this. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, of course, they go through the whole thing where Archibald thinks he asked for the coroner, but he didn't. He said it's the house on the corner. Archibald mm -hmm. needs to yeah. get his ears cleaned, I think. Uh, so then this they just had the prosecutor on to or the the dispatcher on to verify that 911 call. Then they call Officer Alyssa Greenhall, who is a Rexburg Police Department. See, this house this house is in this weird zone where it's a Rexburg address, but it's actually in Fremont County, which means it should be a St. Anthony address. There's this mm -hmm. whole kind of funny area right there where it's sort of right where two counties intersect. So that's why there are Rexburg police and there are St. Anthony police involved in Fremont County and Madison County, because this is an area that's kind of both. So Rexburg PD, um, Alyssa Greenhall, who actually was working for Fremont at the time, uh, went there due to an unattended death. So she was the officer that responded. Uh, she said that Chad and Garth met her in the living room. Chad was seemed distraught and was crying. I wonder how fake that crying was. Right. Garth was reserved and quiet. I can only imagine what Garth must think now, looking back on this. You know, in the moment, he's just listening to what his dad has to say. And Chad gaslit the hell out of those kids from the very beginning. All of he that, did. she's been sick stuff. They knew damn well that wasn't true. But yeah. he was, this is what he was feeding them. And I think they kind of just thought maybe they had missed something. Yeah. Right. Because, yeah, no one in her life believed that she had been sick. No one. No. no. So Greenhall said that she went there looking for obvious signs of foul play. So she's looking for disturbances like broken furniture, bro gunshot wounds, stab wounds, right. stuff like that. So there was no sign of a break-in. And so they take her to the bedroom and say that he and Garth had moved the body mm -hmm. because she was partially on the floor. And here's the story that Chad tells, that she yeah. woke up coughing around midnight and then vomited. And then he helped her get back into bed. And at 5.45 in the morning, he, he hears her fall off the bed. And he says her feet and legs were caught in the sheets. And that like her torso and head were on the floor. Yeah. And that he and Garth picked her up and put her back on the bed and covered her with the blankets. Mm -hmm. um, Greenhall said it was apparent to her that Tammy was dead when she got there. Chad said that Tammy didn't like going to the doctor 
and had fallen in the driveway about a month prior and had been having fainting spells and that she had issues with her blood pressure, which there's no evidence of that in her medical records. Yeah. Um, Garth never contradicted anything that he said. No. So she took pictures of the scene. We had this argument over pictures again. Defense lost yet again. So everybody actually got to see these pictures. They didn't even hold them from the gallery. Yep. Um, let's see. So they took pictures of her on the bed and sort of what they saw when they came in the room, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, she had reddish pink foam on her mouth that was running down her cheek. They have this in several photos. And it turns out that... Chad had tried to wipe it away several times and it just kept coming. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. So there's lots of pictures of her and her face and, and the foam and stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Someone wanted to know how old Garth is. He is around 30. Yeah. Would have been around 27-ish, I think, when his mom died. Yeah, I think that's right. So, um, Archibald asks the the, uh, the deputy, Greenhall, why she didn't ask Chad why he waited 20 minutes to call 911, because he said this all happened around 5.30. He didn't call 911 until almost 6. Yeah. Uh, she says she did not ask him that. He also said... Uh, bodies don't move if they are deceased for her um, fall off the bed. She would have been alive at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, right. We're all like, she'd been dead for hours. How did she fall off the bed? Yeah. He also wanted to know if CPR had been done on Tammy. Um, it had not. Yeah. They didn't even try CPR. No. Um, you know, so Blake then has some redirect wanted to know if to Greenhall it appeared that Tammy had been dead 10 to 20 minutes. She said, no, it seemed like she'd been dead. She appeared to have been dead quite a bit longer. She yeah. was cold to the touch. She said she couldn't determine if rigor mortis was setting in, but it very clearly was because they all said she was stiff. Uh -huh. So then they release her. They call Cammie Wilmore, who is a Fremont County advanced EMT. And she responded to the scene she was like the deputy coroner. Deputy so she, coroner, yeah. Yeah, so she responded to the scene because she was closer while they waited for the coroner to get there. Uh -huh. um, so she can go and like um, take a look at the body, pronounce time of death, that kind of thing. Yeah. She said she was new as a deputy coroner. She'd only been to about five unattended deaths before this one. Um, she thought that Chad appeared distressed and distraught. Uh, Wilmar had never responded to an asphyxiation death before. Scott yeah. didn't know what the hell they were doing. Mm -hmm. So he tells her the story about Tammy throwing up, blah, blah, blah. Right. He also says, and this is where, this is where Chad tells on himself. It was the same thing that he did with the raccoon mm -hmm. text. He gives way too much detail. Mm -hmm. So he makes a point of saying that Tammy was in menopause which I understand this and like to sleep with her leg outside the covers. And she slept at the edge of the bed with her leg out. Mm -hmm. 
And so he said he thinks that's why she fell out of bed, that he pulled on the sheets mm-hmm. and knocked her out of bed. Yeah. Which, whatever, dude. Right. None of that actually happened. So whatever. But How that's hard would you have to turn over in bed and yank on the top sheet to knock someone out of the bed? A full grown dead weight. Dead weight. Like, no, that would not fucking happen. But right. Anyway, so Wilmore um, said that she did see the foam coming out of her mouth, thought that was odd, Um, said that her body was cold and stiff. She said she believed that she'd been dead for a few hours. Yeah. She did say she was 49, so this was unusual because she's not that old. Like, just dying in your bed at 49 is not that that common. Yeah. She said she was looking up on her neck for bruising or scratches. Mm Mm-hmm. She did have bruises on her forearm, but she didn't think they looked new. Mm-hmm. I think you might have been wrong about that. So she talks about the froth coming from her mouth again. That, that could have been congestive heart failure or, you know, asphyxiation. Mm-hmm. Um, she said it caused her enough concern that she got up, got on her phone and looked up poisoning to yeah. see if a poisoning would cause that. Like, they had some questions. Yeah. But they didn't trust themselves enough to go with this. And they should have. No, they trusted Chad. Yeah. They trusted also, his word. Yeah. She also kind of looked to see if Tammy had any kind of a head injury. That when she fell out of the bed and she hit her head or anything like that. Nothing to indicate that. And that's when Brenda Dye, the Fremont County coroner, arrived. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted to see Tammy's medications. Um, there wasn't anything actually except some herbal stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chad also then starts, he just keeps adding to his story of right. bullshit. Now, yeah. now she's been lightheaded too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, of course. Also that. Yeah. And Wilmore said when they're on the scene, they don't have medical records. So they just rely on what family members tell them. Yeah. Uh, maybe they should have got the medical records before mm-hmm. they made a decision to have this person buried. Mm-hmm. But so this then, is Tammy who refused to go to the doctor and just got sicker and sicker until she just died in bed, had been to the doctor recently for a sprained wrist and had been on tramadol. Yeah. 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 So she did in fact go to the doctor and, Mm -hmm. you know, so that all comes out. Mm -hmm. So Brenda Dye, the coroner was talking with, um, Wilmore, they were talking about should they have an autopsy performed. Chad didn't want an autopsy. Neither did Emma, which I'm not going to fault Emma here at all because Emma said, I don't want that done to my mom. Right. And actually, I think it was her word that really convinced Brenda not to. It's not like Brenda didn't do some homework. She talked to the detectives. She talked to the the morgue. I mean, Mm -hmm. she did talk to other people and say do you think we need an autopsy the yeah. family really doesn't want one and they decided no even though the yeah. lividity the um the rigor all of those nothing matched his freaking story and then she's got this foam which yeah. they don't identify where that's coming from she's mm-hmm. got bruises they don't identify for sure what how those happen like mm-hmm. come on yeah um Yikes. It just, at the time, Wilmore said she didn't know anything about JJ, Tylee, Alex, or Lori, that she didn't know anything about any of that. No. 
So then they call uh, Brenda Dye to the stand, the, the coroner. Yeah. Um, and she says, you know, she sent Wilmore ahead of her because she would get there faster. Right. Well, Brenda lives. She lives an hour away. Yes. Yeah. Fremont County is a big place. It's a big county. Not a lot Huge. of people, but it's a lot of pla- It's a lot, a lot of, of land. Mileage. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, he tells the story again about how she fell off the bed, calls for Garth. They put her back on the bed. She's cold. She's stiff. The coughing fit, the throwing up, you know, he's telling the story mm-hmm. over and over again. And I said that there was blood tinged sputum coming from Tammy's mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, she had responded to 20 deaths. Brenda Dye had. And none of them were asphyxiation. So she also didn't know what she was doing. She was an EMT who had had like a week training. A yeah, one-week. she'd been an EMT for about 20 years. Yeah. She wasn't fresh. But yeah, that's all they get here. Right. That's, that's it, all we get. A week training. And yeah, anyone can basically run for coroner. Right. And frankly, an in some of these counties, position. they beg people to run for coroner. Right. There have been counties around here in the past that didn't have a coroner for a while that had to borrow from other counties because they didn't have one because nobody would run. Right. Nobody wants this job. No, they don't. Well, and I mean, they're not qualified for it and they know they're not. Yeah. It should be a doctor and it's not. So, you know, she recognizes there's lividity. She recognizes that um, there's bruising on one arm. You know, she's seeing all of this stuff. But then there's Chad, you know, giving all this real helpful information. Now we here we have more, you know, he's just confabulating further and further on this story. He tells her that um, she had been feeling really off lately, like she wasn't in her body. That was new. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then having fainting episodes, one in the temple where she passed out on the floor. Yeah. Chad said there she had some very witnesses to that. Because no way they were in the temple that other people didn't see them. Right. Also, he said one. that she had very low blood pressure and wouldn't go to the doctor, which also is not true. Mm-hmm. Um, he tells the whole story about the covers and the hot flashes and all that shit again, too. Mm-hmm. He's just covering over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, they notice that the mattress is a little off of the box spring, Yeah, which I thought was interesting. Like, I don't know, maybe somebody jumped up on that bed to asphyxiate her and shifted the mattress. Uh-huh. So she did consult with lots of people and ultimately determined that there wasn't going to be um, a, an autopsy. autopsy. She estimated the time of death for Tammy was between 1230 and 2 a.m. based on rigor mortis and lividity in her back. This part makes me furious because all of that negates the whole fucking story that chad tells and yet yeah they didn't do anything about it you know yep uh one of you said uh wouldn't want to oh yeah paula wouldn't want to upset brother daybell by doing an autopsy that was absolutely it that was absolutely it absolutely it they just were they were not going to go up against chad no uh one of you asked uh didn't he work for the church he so people here in the Mormon church, you don't work for the church. You have a calling. They don't actually mm-hmm. pay you, but they will definitely work you to the bone. Mm-hmm. And he had been the executive secretary in his ward, but in his congregation. Right. Um, so he had a calling at his church. Yes. Uh, did he work for the church? He did not. No. No. 
Uh, yeah, no. And, and right, we now know from testimony previously this week that Alex's phone was close by mm-hmm. around the time that they figure was Tammy's time of death. And that time of death has not changed. No. Based on the autopsy. So there was an autopsy done in Utah and uh, Brenda Dye did attend it. Yeah. Um, so let's see medical examiner there determined that the cause cause of death was asphyxiation and manner of death was a homicide. Yeah. Now we don't know what form of asphyxiation they determined. And we don't know yet what Tommy's, what Tammy's talk screen shows. No. And if they were able to get an accurate talk screen, because of course she had been embalmed mm-hmm. and buried. Um, there was a whole discussion about whether the death certificate has been changed which it hasn't yet, mm-hmm. but Di says that it will be changed to um, pending, uh, pending the trial. Yeah. 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 It sounds like my, my impression of that is that she can't change it until after the trial. Yeah. I, I don't know. It almost sounded like she wasn't sure. Well, they'd been holding on to that piece of evidence. They'd been holding on to the autopsy as a piece of evidence. And so Mm -hmm. to change the uh, death certificate and the death certificate is something that is public record. uh, She would have had to put that out there. And so I'm guessing that she couldn't do that until the trial is over. That's a good point. That's probably why. Yeah. So uh, then Archibald uh, cross examines her, asks, Oh, he says to her, Chad Daybell convinced you and the deputy and the investigator that nothing bad happened. And she said that, yes, that was the conclusion. Yeah. Um, so then we get some, the last little bit of this would is people on the stand that knew Tammy through her work and that knew about her emails. And uh, so they talked to Spencer Cook. He was the technology director for the Sugar Salem School District, which is where Tam- Tammy worked. She was the librarian at her school. Yeah. And that she, that Cook checked into her emails, that she'd had 36 emails the week of June 29th, 2019. This is when Charles emailed her. Mm-hmm. He said there were several emails that were deleted from her account and about six that were saved. And that he, she had blocked one email address and it was Charles Vallow's email that she yeah. had blocked. Yeah. Which is sad. Really sad. So she did get that email from Charles. Yep. She did. She chose Mm -hmm. to disregard that and blocked his email address. The email had been deleted and she blocked him. Yeah. Yep. So then they get Kelsey Harris on the stand. Kelsey Harris was Tammy's clogging teacher. So clogging is a form of dance. Uh And these classes were... She's they're more they're more like river dance than singing in the rain. It's a very fast paced form of dance. Yeah, the classes were sixty minutes long. Um, and she asked, they were asking, has she ever seemed like Tammy couldn't keep up, or she was having trouble, or she was missing classes? And she said no. She was very consistent with mm-hmm. um, with everybody else in the group. Also, um. Kelsey Harris was attending a high fitness class with Tammy in late September of 2019 in St. Anthony. 
yeah. this sounds like a like a CrossFit kind of class, maybe. It was a real high intensity. They were doing squats and jumping jacks and burpees and stuff. And Tammy kept right up with the class and she worked out right next to Tammy. She said yeah. she never saw her have any trouble keeping up. No. I love that they found these people to just mm -hmm. further show what a liar Chad is. Yeah. Uh, so then, because Tammy was busy. <laughs> yeah. Then they bring in Shannon Miller. Um, so she was on the committee that interviewed Tammy when Tammy got the job at the school where she worked. Mm -hmm. And Tammy also took a Zumba class with her uh, and her daughter twice a week. And she said it was a, you know, it included uh, planks, Latin dancing, push-ups, burpees, lots of squats and jumping jacks. It was a very aerobic class. Uh -huh. And that Tammy had been attending that for about a year up into the fall of 2019 and that she wasn't having any trouble uh, staying up with everybody uh -huh. else in the class. Um, she also worked with her at the school and she asked how she seemed to be at school. And she said she was happy and jovial she was smiling at the kids and, you know, that she wasn't ill. Yeah. And she, you know, that she saw her on Friday, the day before she died at school. Mm -hmm. She was not sick. She was not coughing. She was not complaining of feeling ill. And then she finds out the next morning that Tammy's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she organized a, uh, a little service for Tammy because they thought it was weird that there was no funeral. Yeah. For the people from the school that she worked with to go to. Yeah. And so um, Shannon Miller put that together for yeah. her. Yeah. She was beloved. Yeah. She was beloved by her school. Obviously very active physically. Mm -hmm. No indication that there was anything wrong with her. There no. was some brewing illness that she was ignoring that she just died of, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. The school employees had remote access to their email during the summer and mm -hmm. were expected to check it. So, yeah, she was checking her email, her work email during the summertime. Now, some of you are saying that perhaps Chad did that and maybe he did. This is the email. Yeah. Uh, email said, Tammy, my name is Charles Vallow. I have some vital and disturbing information regarding your husband and my wife, Lori. This is your work email. So I'll wait to send you the evidence that is very disturbing. You may call or email me from the address where you can receive the information. I apologize to be the one sending this, but something has to be done. I feel it's best if I shed some light on the issue regards Charles Vallow with his phone number. Yeah. Yeah. But it's true. Chad could have, he, he had been threatened, you know, that he was going to contact his wife. So it's possible that he was keeping an eye on her email. It's possible. I mean, he could have, all he had to do was go to addresses. the school's website to find mm -hmm. her email. It wouldn't have been hard to find at all right. for Charles. Yeah. Yeah. But she got it to her personal email and to her work email. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lydia says maybe Tammy kept so busy so she didn't have to be at home with that asshole. Uh, yeah. Right. She had a good reason to be busy, didn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Emma and Garth did go along with the illness story, but I think oh. in the moment they're shocked. Their mother's dead. Mm -hmm. They're like, what the hell is going on? In the moment, they would not have known. 
you oh, know. Please, I can just hear this conversation from mm -hmm. Chad. I didn't want to worry you guys. I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but I've been begging her to go to the doctor and she wouldn't. And she did fall and sprain her wrist. So I'm sure that was a part of his argument, you know, that she mm -hmm. fell and she sprained her wrist and she fell or she passed out in the temple, but I didn't want to tell you guys. I didn't want to bother anybody, but mm -hmm. this is what's been going on for a while. I can just hear it. And, and those kids would probably have believed it because they didn't have any reason to not trust their dad. It's so right. easy to look back now and be like, holy shit. Right. But in the moment, they this was their know. dad that they loved and their mom had just died and they believed him. Right. They did. He and I think most people would have. Yeah. They didn't have a reason to not believe him in that moment. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they look back at it now completely differently. But yeah. I, I can't blame them. I can't fault that. They didn't know. Yeah. You know, they, they, and also... This was before anyone knew that Tylee and JJ were missing. Yeah. So there was nothing to indicate to them that something else was going on at that yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And you're right. Yeah. The Because they, that a lung embolism can cause pink froth as well because mm -hmm. um, Alex had a similar cause of death. Yeah. 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 So anyway, that's what happened in court day. Yeah. I was really hoping we were going to get the autopsy results because we've been dying for those. I wonder Literally if the uh, person that did the autopsy is, wasn't scheduled to be there till Monday. I'm thinking so. That's probably why and court ended early. Break early today. Yeah. That they, I, because that's got to be what's up next is the, yeah. the autopsy. So some of you guys have said you feel like he was setting Garth up as an accomplice. I don't think you're wrong. I, right. Chad has done, his kids really, I, I, and again, I, I don't want to attack his kids and fault his kids, but honestly, Chad has opened all of his kids up for, to have their own problems uh, with mm -hmm. the law and Garth, most especially my God, yeah. he made Garth a witness and kind of made Garth an accomplice, you know, without meaning to. But also, having those tools in the shed and having his kids living in that house. So what happens if one of them goes outside and uses one of those tools for something and gets their DNA all over it? And then when they were caught, it's boom, it's positive for one of his children's DNA and suddenly they're a suspect. Mm -hmm. I... And that's just a small example, but Chad did a lot of things that opened his kids up for all kinds of liability and suspicion. How terrible. How terrible. And then when the uh, FBI came knocking and raided that house and took a whole bunch of their stuff and the kids' electronics and stuff who weren't yeah. involved in this at all. And they were there defending him then. I mean, they, they've had blind loyalty. I'll, I'll certainly agree with that. But uh, at any rate, it uh, it really strikes me that he didn't care about the welfare of his kids at all in this situation. No, he didn't. Just no. not at all. Well, and Kat, Kat says, I'm not as sure that they have reassessed. Their TV interview seemed united in Chad's innocence. I got to disagree with that because there were really only two of them that really spoke mm -hmm. in that in that interview. And that was Emma and Garth. And they have... Mm -hmm. more loudly stood up for their dad, but really not since that interview. And the rest of the kids were pretty much like, we just feel terrible that, that these children died. Like they weren't actively they really supporting anything. their dad. 
and they have they not at all publicly here. Yeah. They're not saying anything. Yeah. I can only imagine what they must be going through. And yes, Eldon Clausen, the neighbor, also died of a lung embolism. That's right. Yep. And there yes. we did an episode on that. We're the ones that broke that. And uh, it's because of a, a tip that we got. Uh, we're the ones that broke it in the uh, true crime world. And we took a major punishment for that. Yes, we did. <laughs> Whew, some but people it does, were pissed off at us. It does it make you wonder. Really weird. I got a phone call from someone I know who said, hey, this is swirling around. It's being whispered around out here, out where they lived, out in Salem. And you guys should look into it. So we did, and we were blown away, and we're like, okay, we're doing a story on this. Well, apparently, there was a group of, uh, a Facebook group that also had the same theory that uh, accused us of stealing their theory. I'm sorry, I didn't know this case belonged to anybody. Uh, yeah. Definitely doesn't belong to us or them. But, oh, man, we took some abuse out of that. Whew. Yeah, we did. And we don't know. His family does not want no. him his death investigated. They don't want connected to this in any way. No. And you got to respect that, too. You know, yeah. he was an older man. He had, you know, he was more likely to have died of something like that from natural causes than Tammy he was. He was only 50s, though. Was he only 50s? I thought he was I in his 60s. He was. Well, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But we don't know. Because, you know, did he see something? You know, somebody sent us a message today, which I thought was very compelling, you know, because Tam, uh, Tylee's, one of Tylee's femurs had some kind of animal predation. Did, did this guy's dog dig up a bone? Like, is that possible? I don't know. We don't know yeah. at all. But it is a strange coincidence that that happened around the same time. Similar cause of death right there in the same in the same area. Mm -hmm. He would walk past that house walking up and down his irrigation canals. Yeah. Right. No kidding. Uh, Donna says how uh, lazy Chad is all those months. He had the shovels and evidence in his barn and his neighbors knew about the bonfires. Right. Was Tylee born, burned more than once? I believe she was. I do too. That is what I think too. I feel like they tried to bury her and, and burn her and initially, and it wasn't very successful. I feel like he opened the earth over there. Mm -hmm. And tried to burn her multiple times. Yeah, absolutely. I think so too. Yeah, but uh, you're right. Eldon, I mean, or Eldon Clausen was 63. 63. Okay. Um, you know, they had lots of time to get rid of a lot of that evidence, and they didn't. Yeah. It is. It is strange. It 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 goes to show you how arrogant they were, thinking that they would never be caught for this. Mm -hmm. They really they thought they were totally getting away with this. Yeah. Well, and some of you, one of you said in our live recently, Idaho is full of woods and forest and mountains. Like they could have buried those kids anywhere. Right. And instead they just plopped them down in Chad's backyard. Yeah, they could have. Mm -hmm. When there was talk that the kids could have uh, disappeared in Yellowstone. Do you know how much that scared search and rescue around here? Oh, yeah. And they searched Yellowstone. They searched Yellowstone with dogs. They searched Yellowstone uh, on foot. They were really quiet about their searches in Yellowstone, but they had a whole team of cadaver dogs in the spring of uh, 2019 and up really, I think, till the kids were found. Because mm -hmm. they had to wait for a long time because of the snow. Uh-huh. But the idea that those kids could have been uh, 
potentially killed and hidden or buried in Yellowstone scared the shit out of the local uh, law enforcement community because how would you ever find them? Right. Right. How would you? Yeah. But that's how sure they were. Right. That they were going to get away with this. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right, Elle. We, you know, we don't know the full extent of Chad's followers. We do think that that small community around there, that he had quite a few more than, and and involved with the people that went to the preparing of people groups and all of those groups, that there are more people than we know of that were following right. him, at least up until the point that he was arrested. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah, Still Paula. weird that no one smelled what was burning. You know, it's not yeah. out there. Uh, people burn stuff out in the country around here all the time. Yep. They could have burned a haystack. They could have burned, frankly, they could have burned a dead animal. Mm-hmm. They could have burned a lot of things, but people burn on their property constantly. A lot of farmers had what's called a burn barrel. Mm-hmm. And so anything that you need to get rid of, you throw it in there and then you burn it all at the same time. And so mm-hmm. smell it, weird burning smells is actually not unusual here. No. And especially because if he was throwing wood on top of her and some accelerant, mm-hmm. that might've really been all you smelled so much right. was the wood burning. I, to me, it's not surprising that nobody smelled that because there's just burning going on all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, um, the prosecution has not suggested that Lori was a part of the dismemberment or that her DNA was on the tape or anything. No, but we don't is... know about the DNA on the tape yet. We haven't heard about what was yeah. what we've seen so far. No. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think you guys are right that these guys still think they're going to get away with it. That Lori still thinks she's going to get out of this. I, uh-huh. I think that's true. Uh-huh. Lori is as cool as a cucumber in there. Yeah, she is. Elle, I think Chad was sure to wear gloves and probably told Alex not to. Chad's that kind of guy. He sure is. Because location services seem to not be on on Chad and Lori's phones around the times of the children's burials. But you know whose were? Alex's. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have a burn barrel on your ranch. You know what we're talking about. And so when you burn stuff like that, you know, weird burn smells are, you you smell them all the time. It's not Mm -hmm. that unusual uh i have a burn bear oh yeah sorry was chad hooked up with julie at one point julie had said and and i please don't quote me on this exactly but julie had said something along the lines that chad had come on to her before that perhaps he had kissed her before that he'd indicated that they had had past lives uh they they were married in past lives yeah Lori wasn't the first he tried this story on no, I'm not even positive that Lori's the first one he had an affair with, to be honest. Right. I mean, there was also talk that he may have come on in the past to uh, Melanie Gibb and to Zulima. Right. So it seems like, so who else, you know? It seems like maybe Chad was a philanderer for a, quite some time. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, something Colin. else that uh, I was just thinking about that came up mm-hmm. for me with all of this is that uh, sometime around... I'm going to say it was January or February. I'd have to do a real deep dive to find out for sure. But Chad's kids uh, and Chad showed up to a local uh, landfill or transfer station. Oh, transfer uh, station. Right. And dumped a bunch 
of belongings that the people at the transfer station kind of freaked out about, thought maybe they were Tammy's belongings or they weren't sure. And they uh, called the police mm-hmm. and the police were out there kind of uh, keeping an eye on what they were throwing away and what they were doing. Yeah. And that happened sometime in the spring of 2019. I'm actually thinking this was no, after 2020. or 2020. 2020. Sorry. Yeah. This was after Lori was in jail. Yeah. Yeah, because Chad was, you know, public enemy number one at that point. And so there were people reporting, calling dispatch and reporting him if they saw him in town anywhere. Like Mm -hmm. it was kind of a thing that everybody was like, we need to be keeping an eye, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, one day, sometime in that period, my daughter, my youngest daughter and her best friend, were sitting at a stoplight and looked over and Chad Daybell is next to them in, in his car. They call me screaming. We are right next to Chad Daybell. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. They're like, what do we do? And I'm like, drive away. They're like, yeah, but oh my God. I'm like, yeah, he's still a free man. Uh, but yeah. Get away from him. <laughs> For that, uh, from from February to June, he just operated amongst us like he belonged here. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. But it it shook those girls up. They came home, like, freaked out. And my Mm -hmm. daughter later said, I don't want to go anywhere by myself for a while. Yeah. (laughs) Jeez. Like, well, you're not his target, right? Like, you're okay. Right. But still, like, just seeing him shocked the hell out of them. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it was weird when all of a sudden he's just back wandering around Rexburg like it's nothing Mm -hmm. while she's in jail. I don't know. I don't know how they would know that Garth's subpoena had been pulled unless he told someone that because the witness list is secret. So I'm not sure how anybody would know that unless he has told someone that. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't heard that. But yeah, that wouldn't be an official statement anywhere. No. Interesting, though. I hope that's not true. I really, really want to hear his account. What led them to search his property when they searched for the kids was the GPS mapping of the cell phones. Mm-hmm. It what They interviewed that guy last week, I think, the um, FBI analyst who figured that out. Yeah. And he, he turned that over to his supervisor who turned it over to the investigators because he was starting. He, it, he's, he's a linguistic analyst and so he was analyzing chad and tammy's text messages between each other and found the raccoon text to be really weird Mm -hmm. and then the phone pinging around that time and they had a rough idea of when the kids were last seen he put all of that together and that's what Mm -hmm. that's why they searched for the kids Mm -hmm. this case has really made the case for working with the fbi in missing children's cases Mm-hmm. Or any other case, really. But we have seen in other cases, John Bonet Ramsey, where mm-hmm. and, and others where the local municipalities get all up in their egos and they won't uh, invite the FBI in. Yeah. And the FBI doesn't bulldoze in. If They come in if they're invited to help. In this case, uh, the Rexburg police were already uh, working in tangent with the uh, the Fremont County Sheriff's Office. Mm-hmm. And or in tandem with, and then uh, they invited the FBI in. And honestly, had they not done that, not to disparage these guys, but they it's been it was the FBI's technology and their mm-hmm. uh, 
specialists and stuff that really brought this case full circle to where they it found is. the kids. Yeah. They, they make the case. And also they have uh, worked together seamlessly. It has, there hasn't been any kind of public, uh, pu you know, push and pull and difficulty and egos yeah. and big dicks thrown around and stuff. Not at all. They have no. all worked really well together between mm -hmm. these two counties and with the FBI for the best of the kids. And yeah. I really think some other municipalities could learn a lot from that. I, I agree because it is it has been a good thing. A very good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what we know. So yeah. we will be back on Monday with more trial coverage. And hopefully we'll be back with a coroner's report because that is so important. That's going to clear up a lot of things around Tammy. And we already know, you know, that the coroner or that the the autopsy, not the coroner's report, but the autopsy report, that that, yeah. that autopsy showed that this was a homicide, mm -hmm. but we really do need to see a little bit more there. Well, I'm very, Absolutely. very interested in any toxicology they were able to get. So Absolutely. One last thought here. Samantha uh, had said that uh, Lori traded steak for bologna. They were talking about that Charles was a good man and a handsome man and, and a wonderful provider. And I, I agree with you. I think that um, he, she traded a, a big kielbasa for a Vienna sausage. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> True, though. So if you have tipped us, thank you so much. It's much, much appreciated. We, it's hard to thank everybody, and it comes in from different places, but thank you so yeah. much. We appreciate you. If you want to do that, you can go to truecrimesquad.com. There's a couple of different ways there to do that through PayPal or through Buy Me a Coffee. It is much appreciated because we're putting a ton of time in right now. Mm -hmm. um, feel free to take a break from this case for the weekend. We're going to. I hope you do yep. too. We need to go be out in the. We're we're getting weather that's going to be up in the close to the 80s by next week, which is yeah. unreal. Uh, so I'm ready to be outside and yeah. you know not think about this. So yeah. you guys do that as well. Thank you very much for being with us and supporting us as well through this whole time. And you know what? We are the True Crime Squad. Have a good night. <laughs> Take care.